As I record this uh, podcast, we in Israel have just uh, completed the commemoration of Yom HaShoah, which here in Israel is a incredibly overwhelming experience. Not only the whole nation standing still for the uh, siren at 10 o'clock in the morning, but the fact that there are national ceremonies uh, which are broadcast on television, on the radio, the fact that all of the broadcasting on all channels effectively stops, stands still, and the entire day um, spends its time broadcasting um, testimonies and stories and uh, various different analyses of one aspect or another of the Shoah. And um, as I record this podcast, I'm trying to think of a theme which will properly connect between the Parsha and Yom HaShoah. And of course there is one which is highly appropriate in this week's Parshat Emor. And that is the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. In a rather inconspicuous uh, few psukim that we find at the end of the Parsha, we read the following psukim. You shall keep my commands and perform them. I am God. Do not profane my holy name. And I will be sanctified in the midst of the children of Israel. I am God who sanctifies you. Um, well, the, these uh, psukim become the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, as I mentioned, the sanctification of God's name and its mirror image, Chilul Hashem, the profaning or desecration of God's name. And we're going to take a few minutes to examine these uh, these psukim and the implications and the varied manifestations of Kiddush Hashem in our tradition. So let's begin. I want to begin with uh, the opinion which says that this is not about the classic uh, definition of mitzvah kiddush Hashem, and that is the Ibn Ezra. Ibn Ezra claims that these entire psukim, which say you should keep the commandments, you should perform them, you shouldn't desecrate God's name, you should sanctify, you should make me sanctified in the midst of the children of Israel, is not a is not a command addressed to Bnei Israel, but rather only to the Kohanim. Let us explain. When you open Parshat Emor, um, you realize that Parshat Emor is addressed, certainly in its beginning, um, when we open the, the opening lines of the of the Parsha, um, it is addressed to the Kohanim. Let's just read the opening lines. Emor ala Kohanim b'nei Aharon, speak to the priests, the children of Aharon, and what should you tell them? What's the important uh, communication? It's about who they are allowed to become impure to. Uh, who can a Kohen make himself impure for and who not? The Kohen is meant to be on call all the time and therefore the Kohen is uh, meant to be in a constant state of purity unlike a regular, um, any other Jew. And therefore there are severe restrictions onto the conditions under which a Kohen can make himself impure, and all the more so for a Kohen Gadol. What follows all of this is a list of uh, various 
bodily defects, we should call it this way, um, which make a, either a um, kohen or an animal inappropriate for sacrifice in the uh, in the temple. Of course, the kohen inappropriate to offer the sacrifice and the animal inappropriate to be sacrificed. And at the end of all of this list, we have the uh, rule at the end of chapter 22, which says, that an animal cannot be sacrificed the moment it is born, it has to wait eight days. Um, We also mentioned the idea that you are not allowed to slaughter an animal and its child on the same day, etc. And at the end of all of this, we say, Don't desecrate my name, sanctify my name, the Ibn Ezra says, well, this has got nothing to do with the wider mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. This has got to do with the priests. And I'll read out here what he says. He says, um, It is speaking to the sons of Aaron. The parsha is connected to them. And they are the ones who are commanded that they must not um, slaughter this particular animal, um, etc., etc. And he says, a great proof of this is how the verse says, And I will be made holy, I will be sanctified amongst the children of Israel. If he was talking to the children of Israel, he would have said, and I will be sanctified amongst you. And the Ebenezer continues and says, well, look, if you look at chapter 23, Perak Chaf Gimel, it begins by that proves that the previous Pesukim were addressed to another audience, in other words, the Kohanim. To the best of my knowledge, the Ibn Ezra is the only um, commentator who shares this perspective. And if you look, for example, in Rashi or in the Ramban, um, the Ramban says, "Aldat Rabbeinu mitzvat aseishin akadesh et shemo b'mitzvat lehareg alehem v'lona avor." According to our rabbis, interesting that he mentions according to our rabbis. In other words, maybe he's saying this isn't entirely uh, the pshat, but according to our rabbinic understanding, this is a positive mitzvah that, or active mitzvah that we should sanctify God's name through the performance of mitzvot. And what does that mean? That we should be killed rather than transgressing them. Um, the Rambam in Hilchot Yisraeli HaTorah stresses this command is being addressed to the entire nation uh, exceptionally clearly. In Hilchot Yisraeli HaTorah chapter 5 which deals with Kiddush Hashem he said, opening line call all of the house of Israel are commanded on the sanctification of God's great name, as it says, and he quotes Apsukim, Vinikdashti, Betoch Bene Israel, Umuzharim, and they are also warned, that they should not profane it, and again quotes Apsukim, Velot Chalalu et Shem Kochi. Now, of course, the question is, how how do we sanctify God's name? How do we ensure that His name is not profaned? 
Um, what do we have to do here? And the the classic interpretation of this is that it relates to the question of uh, martyrdom, and this is exactly what the Rambam continues with. Um, when a pagan comes via Nosit Israel, and he will force Israel to transgress any of the mitzvot which are in the Torah, on pain of death. So he says, in that situation, a person should transgress rather than be killed, unless it is one of the three cardinal sins, or whether it is a case of murder, a case of giloy uh, arayot, adultery, or idolatry. And in these three, we have to give up our lives. He says, but that is only true um, if uh, we're not in a situation where he's trying to make us change our religion. But if he's trying to actually actively change our religion, then we have to be willing to give up our lives for the sake of God. And this is quite quite an unbelievable command. The Sefer Achinuch tries to explain this command. And this is what he says. He says, why are we all commanded with a mitzvah of martyrdom? What, what sort of a mitzvah is that? Do we have to kill ourselves? And he says, I'll read out the the critical lines here. Shoresh mitzvah zu yadua, says the Sefer Chinuch. The root of this mitzvah is 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 well known. It is maybe intuitive. Ki adam lo boro. Humans, man is created for the sole purpose of serving his creator. And he says, Umish eno moser Whoever is unprepared to lay down his life for his master is not a good servant. And he says, and I'll carry on reading in English, he said, it is a fact that men, people, lay down their lives for their masters. Um, how much more so in obedience to the command of the King of Kings, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Holy One, blessed be He. And... This is where, you know, talking about this on, on Yom HaShoah is, is quite something, because of course we talk about the Kedoshe HaShoah, the Holy Ones of the Shoah, and the notion that people died just because they were Jews, just because the name of God was somehow associated to them, is um, in itself, if you want, could be seen as an incredible Chilul Hashem, incredible desecration of God. And yet, when we die simply for the sake that we are Jews, um, we, we in some way um, manifest a, a Kiddush Hashem. A Kiddush Hashem, even though Judaism usually celebrates life and living, and uh, we know the Pasuk, uh, you will find life in them. Um, and yet, um, God's name is to be sanctified through living, but... The question is what type of living, and if we reach a, a breaking point, if there is an extreme test case where critical things like um, like whether we're willing to be dedicated to God, um, the, the the basic commitment to, to to 
to God which forbids us to do idolatry, then how can we do idolatry? It's the opposite of God. Um, how can we kill somebody? As the Gemara says, why is your blood redder than his? That's almost a logical argument. You can't do that. That would be a desecration, not of your commitment to God, but of your commitment to life. And um, and likewise, the sins of, idol- of, of adultery, where the Gemara says that because in, in Sefer Dvarim, adultery is compared to murder. Um, that is actually mentioned in the case of, of rape there. Um, so adultery has the same laws as murder. This is the first manifestation of the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem, that it relates to martyrdom. And I have to say that this is a rather, how should I say it, negative application of this mitzvah, even though in most of the halachic books, this seems to be the primary application of of uh, the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. Um, before we continue to the second, which is actually going to be the application of Kiddush Hashem, in life, the application of Kiddush Hashem in the way we live our lives, I'd just like to spend a couple of minutes dwelling on, even on this interesting phraseology of the Psukim, where the Psukim talk about um, the notion of God's name um, always being mentioned. The notion we talk about Kiddush Hashem, the sanctification of the name. And what is this idea of God's name? Um, I'd like to quote a line from Nechama Leibovitz, who has a wonderful working definition of this concept of uh, Kiddush Hashem, the sanctification of God's name. And she calls it, and I quote, she says, it is the propagation of human acknowledgement and recognition of him and his holiness. How should how should we uh, explain this? I think if we put this, could take it down into a slightly more... Uh, day-to-day language, we can say that Kiddush Hashem is the degree to which God is recognized as a powerful and holy force in the world. An increase in the reverence for God in the world is called Kiddush Hashem, it's sanctification, a lessening or a blow to God's esteem in the eyes of, uh, in the eyes of the global community or even the local community is an act of uh, profanity of God's name. It's a, it's an abuse of God's name. In other words, God's name is, in a sense, his reputation. Uh, we are, in that sense, all publicity agents for God. Our role is, in some way, how, how would people know God? They can only go, know God through his people. Um, the world can only know God through his representatives. And we are, the Jewish people are, his representatives. I mentioned before that uh, our dying for God, our martyrdom, is, is a sense of Kiddush Hashem, but my Rosh Hashiva of Amital uh, used to say that the Shoah, the Holocaust, was one of the greatest uh, acts of Chilul Hashem because God was demonstrated as powerless. The Jewish people were humiliated. And even if Jews died al-Kiddush Hashem, even if Jews kept their religion with such commitment through the ghettos and the camps, and yet, on a global sense, this was a chilul Hashem because it, it was a, a lowering of God's esteem. It was a lowering of the esteem of the Jewish people. Um, now, let's come back to this notion of God's uh, reputation. Um, there's a fan- fascinating seesaw or motion in Sefer Breshit, 
when Sefer Breshit in the uh, early chapters, it's obvious that God interacts with Adam and Chava, with Cain and Hevel. But at a certain point in the in the Sefer, at the end of Perak Dalad, um, we have an interesting phrase here, not agreed on how to translate it, but we talk about somebody called Enosh, and it says, Az huchal likro b'shem Hashem. Now some people think it, it means that he begins to call out in God's name, but um, many commentators, including the Rambam, for example, say, then he began to profane the name of God. Um, what was Enosh doing to profane God's name? What he was doing was he was obscuring the exclusive preeminence of God. Uh, I don't know if you remember this passage in the Rambam, but the Rambam says that Enosh said, well, it's so difficult to relate to God. God is so distant. We have to find some sort of alternative, some way of making God closer to us. And he said, oh, well, I can see the sun. I'll worship the sun as a means to worshiping God. And in the end, he he ended up worshiping just the sun or, or the moon or whatever it was, one of God's intermediaries. The point here is that why was God's name profaned? Because God's name was obscured. God was not anymore um, at the fore. Other something was was in in the front in the front of the stage, and that was not God. God's reputation was diminished, and of course the um, response to this, the pendulum swims in, swings in the other direction where Avram comes on the scene. And Avram's first act when he comes to Eretz Yisrael is Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. Avram calls out in God's name. And this again, this notion of the Shem Hashem. Avram's purpose is to spread values of tzedek and mishpat, of righteousness, of justice, of hospitality, of decency. But this is all under the category of Vayikra B'Shem Hashem, the name of God. So, what we must understand here, I think, is the the notion that um, Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem are are acts which are connected not to, not to death, but to spreading God's name and uh, spreading God's reputation in the world. And here, I would like to move on from the concept of of uh, of martyrdom to a, to a different concept, concept, but I'm going to do it through a, a famous midrash. The we all probably have heard of the uh, midrash of the terrible scene in which Rabbi Akiva is is being killed. The Gemara in Brachot Daf Samachalaf describes when uh, the situation in which Rabbi Akiva is being taken out to to his death, to his execution. And they execute him in a most awful way by combing his flesh with metal combs and they're literally ripping his flesh to pieces. And the Gemara says that when they took Rabbi Kiba out to be executed, it was the time of Zman Kriyat Shema. And uh, it says that what he was doing, he, he was Mekabel Ol Malchut Shalim, and his Talmidim, his student, said to him, Rabbi, you know, this is what you have to do while you're being killed? You have to say Shema, and he said, you know, yes, indeed, this is exactly it. I've been waiting for this moment to really say Shema with all, um, to test whether I really was dedicated to God, B'chol Nafshecha, with all my life, even if he takes my life, and, and now I'm doing it. 
Usually when we read this Gemara, we see this as a as the ultimate act of martyrdom, of Kiddush Hashem, um, as a moment uh, where Rabbi Kiva, even though he is being uh, tortured and executed, suddenly finds this sense of togetherness with God, uh, where he suddenly finds himself at the epitome of faith. He is at his highest moment, a moment of, of religious and spiritual elevation, as he expresses his total dedication to God, even willingly giving up his life for him. And I think that's the standard way in which we read Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, um, in the story of Rabbi Akiva. But there is a, a different way to read this story. And that different way to read this story is this. If you read the Gemara carefully, the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva didn't say Kriyat Shema because he was dying. Rabbi Akiva said Kriyat Shema because it was time to say Kriyat Shema. And in this case, we can reread this Gemara in a fascinating uh, new way. Why did Rabbi Akiva say Kriyat Shema? Was it because he was saying, I'm dying and, and I love God so much? No. He was saying, even at the moment of my death, I carry on with my religious routine. Even at the moment of my death, I have no excuse not to say Kriyat Shema at the correct time. That indeed is the notion of Bechol Nafshecha, with all your life. Even if he's taking your life, we live our Judaism at every single moment. And that notion of committing ourselves to Judaism is, is in life, is the second level of Kiddush Hashem. And it is the Gemara in Yuma. Um, the Gemara in Yuma, when it discusses the concept of Kiddush Hashem, it actually uses exactly the same pasuk that Rabbi Akiva uses and explains how a person should, um, in his ethical behavior, behavior be, be, be an exemplar, be exemplary. Let me, let me read you the Gemara a little bit. And you should love the Lord your God, again from the Shema. And he says, that the name of God should become beloved, should become um, popular, how should I say it, through your living, through your acts. And I'll, I'll read out the Gemara in English, just it's difficult to translate in this medium. He says the following, when a person studies Torah, um, he actually mentions Mikra, when a person studies the Tanakh and Jewish law, um, and is Mishamesh Talmidei Chachamim, he sits with Talmidei Chachamim learning, and then he speaks softly with people, and he is honest and honorable in his business dealings. Then what do people say about him? In other words, you have a person who is a Talmud Chacham, a person who has studied with Talmud, with, with Talmud and Torah scholars, and people see him as a gentle, gently spoken person, an honest upstanding individual. What do people say about him, says the Gemara? They say, this person who studied Torah, happy is his father who taught him, or fortunate is his father who taught him Torah. Woe to those people who have not studied Torah. Look at him, this Torah scholar, how pleasant, how refined, how honestly he acts. Regarding this person, the Torah says, you are my servant, Israel, who I will be glorified. Um, but if a person studies Torah, 
and is not soft-spoken. He is not honest. He is not honorable. What do people say about him? Oy laviv shelim do Torah. Woe to his father who taught him Torah. Fortunate are those who have not studied Torah. Look at him, that Torah student, how unpleasant to his actions, how corrupt are his ways. This is what the Bible refers to when it says, they profaned my name. It mentions the Pesukim and Yechezkel, um, the idea that uh, sometimes we can be Mechalel Shem Hashem. What is this? Let's try and explain a little bit. When an individual is identified with God, and this can be any Jew, if he is a, identified that way, the Gemara particularly talks within a Jewish society about somebody who is associated with Torah. But I think in today's world, in today's multi-ethnic world, any Jew might be identified with Torah. He is an advertisement for God himself. Every action, no matter how mundane, how drab, how everyday it might be, all these actions reflect on God because these people are perceived as being connected to Hashem. And let me stress that this young Torah scholar in this Talmudic passage is not expected to prove himself in the sphere of Torah study. He's, uh, it's not his impressive knowledge, but it is rather his um, exemplary, ethical, interpersonal conduct. The man on the street, for the general public, the yardstick of a gentle, upstanding, honest personality is is critical. How how honest and straightforward are we in our financial affairs? <clears throat> how modest are we in our interactions? Are we willing to talk nicely to people? And here I return back to the Chumash and the words of Rav David Zvi Hoffman, who disagrees with Rav, with with the Ibn Ezra. And Rav David Zvi Hoffman um, tells us the following. He says that when he reads these psukim at the end of Parachafbet, this stress on takes us all the way back, he says, to chapter 18, where chapter 18 um, in Sefer Vayikra started this concept of Kedusha. We started, uh, we looked at this last week in Ashir, but I'll just read you the relevant Pesukim. He says, if you look in Parakut Chet, Pasuk uh, Dalad, it already starts the theme of Ani Hashem Elokeichem. In Parakut Tet, Kedoshim Tiyu Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem Elokeichem. He said, of course this is talking to Bnei Israel. The whole unit here, um, here in chapter 18, chapter 19, he mentions... Uh, <coughs> Ani Hashem Elokeichem Asher Otzeti Etchem Eretz Mitzrayim in Perak Yutet Pasuk Lamadzayim and again in Perak Chaf Pasuk Chet Oshmartene Chokotay Basitem Otam Ani Hashem Mekadishchem He says all of this finds its echo in Absukim here at the end of Chaf Bet which also mentioned Vnik Tashdi Betoch Bnei Yisrael Ani Hashem Mekadishchem Hamotzi Etchem Eretz Mitzrayim Liot Lachem Lelohim Ani Hashem and this is what he says about it. He says, negligence and indifference to God's commands is a desecration for God. For the commands bear the weight of the name of God. And this desecration is particularly acute if the sin is performed in public view. And therefore, in addition to the directive, the command and the command, I will be sanctified. What is mentioned here is, in the midst of the people of Israel, 
God wishes to be recognized as holy, elevated and supreme, that all are dependent on him and bound to his service. So let me try and summarize what we have said so far. Um, and we will have a third branch of this mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. Um, I'll try and summarize the Shia up to now. Ibn Ezra said that this is a mitzvah which only applies to Kohanim. But as we mentioned, Rashi, Rambam, and now Rav David Hoffman have said that's not true. This mitzvah applies to everybody. How does it apply? The standard view is it applies to the mitzvah of Lamut al-Kiddush Hashem, martyrdom, giving one's life for the religion. Um, and that is indeed one ultimate sense of dedication, but that can only be performed once in a lifetime. Instead, we proposed a, a different direction on the basis of the Gemara in Yuma, the opinion of Rav David Tzvi Huffman and others, which say that the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem is not only experienced through death, but it is experienced on a more regular basis throughout one's life, through one's exemplary ethical conduct, and that people will look at you and understand that you are publicizing God's name, that you are showing God to the world to to be something a powerful force of, of goodness in the world, and that is the Kiddush Hashem, the sanctification. Its opposite is the is the profanation of God. And I think this is colloquially the way that people use it. They'll say, don't do that, that is a Chil of Hashem. Do that, it's a Kiddush Hashem. Let me deal with the last way that Kiddush Hashem is manifest in our lives. And here, um, maybe I will bring a, a Gemara again from Masechet Brachot, from uh, Daf Chaf Aleph, where we're told the following. Um, why can't we say Kedusha? Notice again this theme of Kadosh. Why can't we say the Kedusha prayer alone? The reason is because it says, and he quotes Ab Sukim in the end of chapter 22, I can only be sanctified in the midst of Bnei Israel. Here we see the idea that we pray collectively, that the last way that we can fulfill the mitzvah of Kudosh Hashem is actually through prayer. And maybe we don't think about it so much, but we have Kaddish and Kedusha and all these prayers which are related to the word Kadosh. The certain prayers cannot be recited by a lone individual, and we need a minyan. And the idea is that somehow Hashem's name is elevated through our prayers, but more importantly than just through our prayers, they're elevated uh, by our prayers when they are in public. Um, Now what's the idea behind this? So we might suggest the following. Religion, um, if it is to have any real power in 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 society, it has to have a communal aspect. Um... It is certainly interesting that prayer, which is in some level a man-God encounter, a private affair, um, we certainly, and many religions do, relegate it to the public forum. Um, Through prayer we relate to Hashem intimately. We ask, we praise, we sing, we we cry. And God is our address and we we relate, relate to God in this way. But the communal dimension make sure that this relationship is brought into the public arena and and therefore 
you know, we can, we can do this as a community. It's not just something said quietly to ourselves, but we talk about God in, in, in a public sense. And therefore, um, we have, and maybe this is echoed most uh, powerfully in the prayer of Kaddish, where Kaddish actually is based on a pasuk in Yecheskel, where it says um, that God's name should be made great um, and sanctified. But I'll read you just one interpretation of Kaddish. It's actually from the opening lines of the Arach HaShulchan to the Simon on Kaddish, where he says the following, HaKaddish HaZeh Shevach Gadol Vanora. This Kaddish is a great and awesome praise, and it was instituted by Tiknu Anshekin Esed It was the men of the Great Assembly, and again I'll read in English, who lived in the wake of the destruction of the First Temple. After the desecration of God's holy name due to the destruction of the Temple, the desolation of Eretz Yisrael, and the dispersion of Am Yisrael, we pray that, and now he quotes from, um, he says, that God's name should once again be made great, God's name should once again be sanctified. As the Navi Yecheskel again in chapter 38 says, I will be made great and I will be sanctified and known in the eyes of many nations. So they will know that I am God. After tragedy strikes, we pray that God will sanctify his own name. Sometimes we lack the strength needed to sanctify God, and that's why people say Kaddish after a person is, has died, because we're following Yecheskel and saying, we find it difficult to sanctify your name, but God, maybe you will sanctify yourself. Not et gadel et kadesh, but God, your name will be sanctified on itself. God, you demonstrate, please, Hashem, demonstrate that you have the power to make this world uh, a more compassionate, a better, uh, a, a, a more a more positive place for humankind to live. And therefore, we find ourselves in, in our tefillot. Uh, whenever we have a minion and we get together and we all say, Baruch Hashem Hamvorach, we say, Kadosh, 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 we are fulfilling in a positive sense the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. On this uh, day of Yom HaShoah, when I'm recording this, um, we do indeed pray that uh, Hashem's name should be sanctified, that after the terrible Chil Hashem of the Shoah, um, we should experience Kiddush Hashem in the world, we should experience Kiddush Hashem um, through life and not through death, we should experience Kiddush Hashem through our exemplary Jewish living, and also through Hashem responding to our prayers, and Hashem working His own wonder into the world in order to make the fortunes of the Jewish people and our entire our entire world um, that much better, that much more sacred, and that His name become evident, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence, His guiding presence, His compassionate presence, become felt throughout the world. Thank you very much. Wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom and a Shavuot Tov.